We are here again in pursuit of wisdom from God through the writings in the book of Proverbs. Last time we studied various warnings about the use of the tongue. We closed that study by urging the proper use of the tongue, and we included in that discipline the use of our digital connections, keyboards and phones, and social media. Who will benefit from the content in Proverbs? The book opens by saying, Who will benefit? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If my reverence for God, therefore, isn't where it should be, the hope is this kind of study and all Bible study will enrich and motivate us toward what is better. The subject in this class is humility and pride. Humility and pride. We may look at those two words and see opposites. Pride we are familiar with. What do you think of when you see or hear that word pride? Boasting, self-celebration, thinking of yourself more highly than you should, at the extreme, a claim of independence from God. So, I think we begin this study by understanding that pride is detrimental to our relationship with God and our relationship with people. So we have a pretty clear view of what pride is. What about humility? Well, that may not be as easy to pin down. There is an idea that humility means you belittle yourself and run yourself down. At an extreme, you think that you are nothing, of no account, no value. Well, we need to back away from that because of all the evidence in Scripture that God values human beings. You want proof of that? How about John 3.16? He gave His only begotten Son to save human beings guilty of sin. Every passage in the Bible about God's love for man, His generosity, grace, and mercy his abundant generosity toward those he made in his image. All of that speaks to our value. So I should not define humility as running myself down or dismissing my worth in the sight of God. There is a better way to understand humility. Humility is an attitude. It is something formed inside you that you carry with you into every part of your life. It is about who you really are, an accurate, biblical view of yourself. Avoid the extremes in your thinking. Humility is not an aggressive denial of your worth. Pride is certainly excessive boasting and arrogance, but it may be present without that extreme expression. Humility is knowing who you really are, and by respecting God in His Word, you can form that accurate, truthful view of who you are, and that will keep you from the dangers of pride. So we are back to that introductory statement that is foundational to all of this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, in this class we are here in Proverbs where so much is said about humility and pride, I'm just going to do some reading for a moment or two. Listen to these texts 
Messages from God. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 12 and verse 9, better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. Proverbs 13, 20, by insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 19, it is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 21, 4, haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked are sin. Proverbs 27, 2, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. One more, Proverbs 22, 4. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Let's take a look at that last one just for a minute. Proverbs 22, 4. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Now, this is one of those passages, one of those text messages from God where you look at that and you look at what is promised and you find it attractive. And so you look back into the verse to see what is required to have what is attractive. Now, what is promised is riches, honor, and life. Please understand that spiritually. Now, what is necessary in this attitude is this content of heart, humility and fear of the Lord. So let's settle on this with certainty. In Proverbs, humility is essential. It is rewarded, but pride is man's downfall. Now, can we look further into this? Humility, remember what that is now, it's an accurate view of who you are. Humility is an attitude with excellent products. I want to say three things about what humility produces in us. Number one, it produces teachability. Proverbs 15.31, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Humility is connected to listening learning, changing. Humility leads to confession, repentance, apologies, intentional growth that continues, which is my next point. Humility produces a personal climate for growth. Pride may say to its possessor, I'm just fine the way I am. Humility says to its possessor, I know I need to do better, and I want to do better. I will do better. Humility, seeing yourself as you really are, enables you to pursue an upward trajectory in your life of moral and spiritual growth in your character, in your life, your relationship with God. 
Spiritual growth requires humility. Pride hinders or blocks spiritual growth. Because pride leads to the delusion that you are fine the way you are. You are even great, amazing, perfect, certainly better than others. Number three, humility produces the mind of a servant. Every time in the Bible, when you read an account of some person who was a genuine servant of others, a person with a mind to serve and help, that came from a heart of humility. In a moment, I'll talk about Timothy and Epaphroditus. Now, what does pride do for us? I should say, what does pride do to us? Pride, first of all, takes us away from God. Psalm 10 and verse 8, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. If this tells us pride is connected to wicked men who do not seek God, that should be enough to keep us away from pride and drive us over toward humility. It says that in the proud man's heart there is no room for God. Further, pride doesn't fit the example of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, you knew I would be there. I'm not aware of any passage in the Bible that is more effective than Philippians 2 in teaching us what humility is. I want us to listen to Philippians chapter 2. I'll start at verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Paul begins by saying, This is what should be in your mind. Encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation in the Spirit, affection, sympathy. These things will keep pride out. This is what should be in my mind. Encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation with the Spirit, affection, sympathy. If those words express the content of your mind, your desires and attitudes, you will do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility you will count others more significant than you. You will look out not just for your own interest, but the interest of others. This is the mind of Christ, and there is no pride in this way of thinking or this heart content. As we continue in Philippians chapter 2, we discover how this virtuous humility found expression in Christ. He took the form of a servant to come to help us humbling himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, and then God highly exalted him. 
You want to know what humility is? Read Philippians 2 and then go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about the Christ who served, who humbled himself that we might live. Where did humility come from? God. It was exhibited perfectly by Christ. What a contrast. That we lift ourselves up in pride, the Son of God came down to lift us out of sin and bring us to God. Pride doesn't fit the example of Christ any way you try to work it. No, his example illustrates humility, humility I should have, you should have. Pride, furthermore, is counter to evangelism and service. I'm still in Philippians 2. Would you consider Timothy and Epaphroditus in verses 19 through 30. Philippians 2, 19 through 30. Paul said, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interest not those of Christ Jesus. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Timothy was an evangelist who was genuinely concerned for the welfare of people. He served with Paul in preaching the gospel. Paul said, I have no one like him. Epaphroditus nearly died for the work of Christ. Paul said, honor such men. Timothy and Epaphroditus were men of humility, not pride, and their humility equipped them to preach and to serve. Pride is counter to evangelism and service. Reading all of this in the Bible and these stern warnings and proverbs I read earlier, I need to carefully guard my view of myself. Paul wants us to know rivalry and conceit destroys humility, and sometimes we just get carried away in self-evaluation and self-concern and self-praise and seeking self-praise. So, here's what can be said, to put it crudely, but simply, in the Bible, the way up is down. Can I say that again? In the Bible, the way up 
is down. Listen to Jesus in Matthew 23:12. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Please remember, humility is not beating yourself up or considering yourself as of no value. Humility is formed in us when we see God as He is and we let God's Word inform our view of ourselves. May I say that again? Humility is formed in us when we see God as He is and let God's Word inform our view of ourselves. When I do that, when I let God and His Word in the example of Christ form within me my view of myself, that's humility, and it leads to glory, to exaltation by God in the perfect way God exalts people. See, there is no exaltation like being taken into God's family and then someday being welcomed into heaven. Pride, as exposed in Proverbs, blocks that divinely promised exaltation. T.S. Eliot said, Humility is the most difficult of all virtues to achieve. Nothing dies harder than the desire to think well of self. So the way up is down. God used King Nebuchadnezzar, but what happened? According to Daniel 5 and verse 20, when his heart was lifted up so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, Peter said, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. In the account of the Pharisee and the publican, do you remember what the publican said? God be merciful to me, a sinner. That's humility. And it is over against the pride expressed by the Pharisee in Luke 18, who celebrated his accomplishments, boasting that he was better than other men. The wisdom in Proverbs, when received and kept, takes us away from pride, arrogance, and self-righteousness and puts us in a good position under the power of God and the authority of Christ to know who we really are before God. With no carnal exaggeration, no singing of our praises, no parades in our honor that we've organized. Along the same line as we have studied in this lesson, I wanted to share some comments from a quotation attributed to A.W. Tozier under the title, Notorious Noise Noted. Tozier, who wrote, by the way, prior to 1963, Tozier wrote, Christians have fallen into the habit of accepting the noisiest and most notorious among them as the best and the greatest. They too have learned to equate popularity with excellence. And in open defiance of the Sermon on the Mount, they have given their approval not to the meek, but to the self-assertive, not to the mourner, but to the self-assured, 
not to the pure in heart who see God, but to the publicity hunter who seeks headlines. I read that quotation many years ago and jotted down the following notes. Noise and notoriety is never a reliable mark of greatness. The idea of using noise and notoriety to determine who is best or great is a carnal, competitive, shallow exercise. Popularity should never be our purpose. Though it could become a result of good work, one should never dwell on it or be fed by it. The self-assertive cannot effectively be Christ-assertive. A preacher, for example, cannot elevate self and elevate Christ and the cross at the same time. And such attempts are generally transparent. Self-confidence for the Christian requires careful definition. It is really God-confidence as applied by a dependent recipient of grace. Self-confidence in the ordinary worldly sense we should well avoid. The publicity hunter who seeks headlines, often finds them when he crashes. It was also Tozier who said, Humility is as scarce as an albino robin. Well, I hope and pray this helps enrich our devotion to God, our recognition of who God is, and our knowledge of who we ought to be before Him. I leave you with this in 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Thank you for listening.